Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Trending Ticker. I am your host, Parker Friedman, and we had a good green day today in the markets. Stocks rebounded very nicely with the first up day of the NASDAQ in four trading sessions, up a whopping 2.13%, crossing that 11,000 mark once again. The Dow finished up 1.05%, the S&P up 1.4%, just below an all-time high. Now, today's rally wasn't really anything but a rebound. There was no real news in the pre-market, except for one big thing that we'll get into later with Tesla. Let's talk about the earnings that were just reported after the bell. Let's talk with Cisco, old-school tech giant, reported for, for, sorry, yeah, fourth quarter earnings for this year. This is the first tech earnings report that will include the month of July. Revenues beat by 0.07 billion and EPS beat by six cents. Q1 guided a little soft. Analysts were looking for them to guide for 75 cents a share in EPS and they only got it for 69 to 70 cents a share and revenue was down 9% year over year. The one shining light for them was 78% of revenue now comes from software sales, which is a good sign. The stock is currently trading down in the after hours. Um, I don't think historically the stock trades down in after hours. There is not much you can say. I think they've, they've had a two or three year streak of beating earnings. And after each of those earnings beats, you know, they they trade down. And I don't really understand how it's, you know, a technology company that's security and applications for the cloud, which is it's sort of it's it's old school that they they've you know reinvented themselves to be more modern with the cloud and everything. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's been trapped in this 50 range for a long period of time. Not much growth in the stock. Some people were maybe hoping we'd get a dividend increase on the stock. It currently has about a 3% dividend yield. But, you know, none, none of that. Nothing really. I mean, a good report. I, I don't know what to say. It seems like this market it, for the past couple of years really has not been rewarding companies for reporting good earnings. And I don't really understand why. I think a prime example of this last week or maybe it was two weeks ago with CVS reported like a triple beat upped guidance beat on EPS beat on revenue and the stock traded down for the day. It didn't trade down big. unlike cost or Cisco, sorry, which is down about 7% right now after hours. That's big. CVS only traded down about, you know, less than a percent, but still why these companies aren't being rewarded for, you know, decent quarters. I can see this one trading down a little bit on that soft guidance number. I think, Especially when you guide lower on the EPS side, it, it's going to cause some issues with investors. I think especially now that, like we talked about yesterday, where it seems that people are maybe not because the NASDAQ soared today, but people seem to be switching over to companies with stronger EPS and stronger profitability compared to growth. But, you know, they, they guided revenue to be down about 10% for the next quarter compared to last year's quarter one. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch that one for the future. But all in all, not a terrible, terrible quarter, not great guidance. But you know what? Kudos to, to them for giving us guidance. A lot of companies right now are trying to dip on guidance, right? They're trying to avoid reporting it because you don't know. It's tough to see. And, uh, you know, that's important for companies moving forward is guidance. That's important to tell us 
what the management thinks is going to look like in the future. And it's important for the investor to be able to say, well, I see this growth now. Is that growth continuing? Is the management think that growth is continuing? So, you know, kudos to them for reporting guidance, even though it was on a little bit of the soft and conservative side. End of the day, Cisco, solid quarter, uh, $45 a share with a 3% yield. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's still very much higher than its lows of March. They reached all the way down to $32 a share, I believe, in the 30 range. So you're still, you know, 10 bucks over the high. I mean, the low of March. So, you know, solid report there. But the big one that I think everyone was watching was Lyft. After Uber reported, you know, a so-so quarter, Lyft actually didn't do too, too bad. They beat on both the top and the bottom line, very skimly beating on the top line, $339 million in revenue compared to 337 estimates. And then on the bottom line, they beat about by about 13 cents. They realized a loss of 86 cents compared to a expected loss of 99 cents. You know, that, that, that beats Uber. They outperformed their, their guidance that they reported for last quarter for this quarter by 20%. So, you know, they, had, they did better than they expected to do. I mean, you know, report growth. They don't report gross bookings. Rides were up 78% since April. So people are using this ride ser- these ride service companies because I believe Uber reported – about I don't know about the exact number, but the same thing that ride num ride users are up a ton right now. And I mean, at the same time, when you're at such a bottom and people are avoiding using these type of things, it really you know it's gonna it only has to go up, right? Because they're a popular service. They've kind of done away with taxis, and I, I think you know it's only up from once you hit that bottom level. Um, Active riders were a little less than what we that the street expected. 8.7 million active riders compared to 9 million. That's a 60% drop year over year. Um, you know, revenue per rider is a 2% drop, but it beat expectations on the street. They earned about $39.60 per rider. And, you know, so, and the biggest thing is, they still predict Q4 2021 EBITDA profitability, and they say they can get there with 25% less riders. Now, that's a big, big deal. If they can get there with lower ride numbers, I, I think it's great. But I think the real reason they're saying that they can still do that is because they've massively cut costs. I mean, that was, you know, if you read the headline from the earning, they talk about a lot of the cost-cutting measures, I mean, leases and, you know, everything that they're doing to cut costs. Stocks currently trading are down 1.38%. I was never expecting a big move from this stock. Um, I think reaffirming that profitability target is a very, very big deal. Um, Uber had been kind of been wishy-washy on that in the past couple quarters. They kind of backtracked a little bit and the stock went down. Um, so reaffirming that's good. They don't have the hindrance of Uber Eats uh, even though Uber Eats reported a good quarter last quarter, I still think, you know, move farther down from COVID when we kind of get back to normal and people use Uber Eats less and people start to realize that, oh, my God, Uber Eats isn't profitable. Why are we, you know, why are they even keeping that around? Um, it's just a cost for them. So they don't have that hindering them down. If I had to pick between the two, I'd say Lyft is the better company. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can actually hit this 2021 target. Um, I think, you know, for them, I don't I really don't understand how either of these companies aren't profitable. Truthfully, if you really want to get into the meat of it, 
how a rideshare company isn't profitable it, it is beyond me because it seems like the easiest thing in the world to make profitable. But, you know, I guess I don't know enough. But um, in, in going off of this, Uber today announced that they might shut down in California due to these, you know, 1099 and actually having to hire these people as employees, these, these drivers as employees. And I, I don't know if Lyft would do much of the same. Um, I think, yep. So I'm looking at the, the headline right now. It's Uber and Lyft. So I, you know, losing California is a big deal. That's one of the most populated. It is the most populated state in the country. And, you know, it's, it has some of the most major cities in the country. It has L.A. It has San Francisco. So losing California could really and maybe that's why they mentioned this 25 percent that they could still remain profitable with 25 percent less. Maybe they're thinking, oh, if we don't have California, we can still do it. So it'll be interesting to see how that court battle ends up going out. And if they actually have to hire these drivers as employees, the 1099 thing is really a tax benefit for them. If you don't know about that, like if you really look into 1099 people and making them independent contractors, it's a huge help to you as a business. If you can do that, you have to pay less taxes on them. So, you know, it'll be really interesting to see what the judge makes of that. Um, if, if you don't know, the per the lawyer representing Uber is actually Kamala Harris's like brother or brother-in-law. Fun fact, look into it. Uh, Will Mead tweeted that out. Shout out Will Mead. If you don't follow him on Twitter, he's an interesting guy to follow. Um, still unsure if he's actually a real person or not, but that's beside the point. So let's move on to some other stories from today. It was kind of a slow news day, guys. Um, other than the big Tesla announcement, which I want to get into that last. Um, oil prices rose today after we saw three straight weeks of declining supply in oil. So, you know, earlier this year, we saw OPEC just completely like open the floodgates on the barrels of oil. Oil was down dramatically. It was so it was unbelievable how cheap gas was. Um, so to see this and to see the oil market kind of stabilizing is, is a good thing. Um, I know low oil and low gas prices benefit you or I. But oil is also sort of an inflationary measure to sort of see this price kind of stabling out isn't necessarily a bad thing. For consumers, it kind of sucks because, you know, you're paying more to, to fill up your tank, um, especially if you have a gas guzzling car. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a little bit better. It's it's it stabilizes stabilizes out things. It's you know, it makes me worry a little bit less about at least the trade of international trade. I think if we have good trade relations with the oil bearing countries, that's very important for us as a, as a, as a debtor state. So, you know, I think this is good seeing the price go up because we have low supplies. Isn't necessarily a bad thing. And so I, moving to the, literally the biggest story of the day and it, what didn't even happen today. It happened last night. And that's Tesla announcing a five for one stock split and the stocks up 13.12%. Um, we saw this with Apple last week when they reported earnings. Tesla didn't have an earnings report. They just, you know, decided to five for one split. The stock is expensive. It's about 1300 a share. Um, you know, so if you really think about it, you know, the share price is going to go down dramatically. And what Apple said when they did their stock split is they did this to get a new range of investors. And I'm air quoting this because what Tim Cook really should have just said, and no offense to every anyone who uses the platform, is we want in on that Robinhood money. And this is going to get us that. And it's true. 
you're seeing a massive increase in retail investing right now. It's unbelievable the amount of people who are investing in stocks who have never invested before. Because, you know, I want you to think about this. COVID shuts everything down. People are getting extra money. What do they do with it? Well, we can't bet on sports. We really can't spend money on a whole lot because there's not, I can't leave my house. Nothing's really open. I can spend it on groceries, I guess, which is what I should do, but I'm not gonna. So what did they do? They loaded up Robinhood accounts or, you know, E-Trade, or I think the other one's Weeble, I think it's called. And I'm going to trade. I'm going to, I'm going to be a stock market millionaire. And you know what? I'm going to watch Davey Day Trader, Dave Portnoy on Barstool. And I can do it just like him, even though I don't have millions of dollars in my account. So I can't capture two cent moves and make a ton of money. Right. So what happens is they all dive into the, the cheap companies is that's what they can afford. You know, Apple at $400 a share wasn't cheap, but it's what, like the average investor, like someone who's just getting into the markets, doesn't have a ton, a ton of money. He can afford what, maybe like five shares, $2,000 of Apple. And if, I mean, if they're really going deep into it, they can afford more. But like if you're putting in, let's say you put in your stimulus check, they can afford three. Three shares of Apple. That doesn't help. That's not doing anything. Apple wants to take advantage of the of being a cheaper price so people can buy more shares. And that's exact and that's what Tesla's doing here too. And it doesn't it wouldn't shock me if Amazon did it next. Right? And this is really brings on my concern with the markets. I said how oil kind of eases my fear a little bit, but it's this type of stuff that that rebrings that fear up that this market it is vastly overvalued and vastly disconnected from the economic conditions that our country is is seeing right now. Uh, job growth has been stagnant the last couple last month or two, right? We're seeing unemployment at at highs that we haven't seen since the Great Depression. Nancy Pelosi just came out and said that the new stimulus bill is far from reaching a deal, and we still don't know the legality of Donald Trump's executive orders. So, I mean, what does that mean? Where It means that this country's not in good shape right now economically, and the stock market is vastly disconnected from that. We are in desperate need of some sort of market correction. And I, I think a huge deal, like reason for this is the Fed is pumping this market up by buying securities they shouldn't be buying. They shouldn't be buying corporate bonds and they shouldn't be buying ETFs, but they're doing it. And we're just pounding more and more money into this economy with no recourse for the future and not thinking about what it's doing. It's inflating the market. Now, the, I talked about the PE ratio. The S&P was at 28 yesterday. Well, the median PE ratio of the New York Stock Exchange companies is at 30. That's like a, a an all-time high. And granted, you can tell me, well, you know, it's a trailing number. So companies the last two quarters really haven't been earning much money. So, of course, this number is inflated. If the stock prices are going up and they're not earning money, it, it's going to lead to a higher P.E. But that's the problem. They're not earning money and it doesn't justify the stock price going up. You see? Like investing 101 is invest in a company that earns money. Benjamin Graham, Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch. You read any of those books, one up on Wall Street, uh, The Intelligent Investor. They talk about growth in earnings, not revenue, not daily monetized users. I'm looking at you, Twitter. 
Um, earnings, EPS, earnings per share, net income. You need to see growth in that area in order for your stock price to go up. You know, Disney reported a, a abysmal quarter last quarter. And granted, in their defense, their parks were shut down. So what are you supposed to do? But you know what they popped on? News that Milan was going to be offered for $30 on Disney+. Plus. I, what? I, I don't understand. You think you're going to get... I, they had they missed on subscriber numbers for Disney Plus, and you think this Milan thing's gonna send them? The, the stock went from 115 to 130 in two days, right? Same thing with Penn International, like we talked about the first episode this week. Stock rocketed from 38 to 40 with the news that they they have a betting app in just Pennsylvania that doesn't even exist yet. $12 a share. They reported a, a abysmal quarter. And this is where that disconnect is, folks. Not only are companies not earning money, people aren't earning money. 16% unemployment. Jobless claims in the millions for weeks. And yet this market is almost, and the S&P is almost at an all-time high. You know, the Dow is just below its all-time high. And the NASDAQ... Up until these last four, before these four prior sessions to today, seemed like it was making an all-time high every other day. The Nasdaq at eleven thousand is ludicrous, ludicrous. You got companies like Zoom in there who are great growth companies, but Zoom's not earning any money. You're just banking on schools and everyone using Zoom for the rest of their life. Well, let's see them earn some money, and, and that's where. I find an issue with these stock splits because these, and this is, I know this is a big rant and this is all going to, it's all kind of coming around because the stock splits not, doesn't do anything. At the end of the day, at a stock split, your ownership in the company is still the same. The value of your shares are still the same. What it does is it, it, it gives a, a quick little pop in the share price. I, I think Apple's split occurs, I, I want to say August 25th. Watch Apple's price August 25th because it, it's going to go down to about 100 a share because it's a four for one split. Watch the price August 25th. You're going to see that thing rocket up. Why? Well, it's cheaper. And Apple's actually a good example, a, a good company. And, you know, it should go up higher because it's actually, you know, earning money. But, you know, they reported a decent quarter last quarter. But the real reason the stock popped after earnings was the announcement of the split. That was it. It wasn't the quarter. People aren't reacting to the quarter. They're reacting to, oh, let me get in before the split so I can have more shares after the split. And that's, that's what Tesla is doing right now. Tesla, you know, has been down a lot lately and all of a sudden popped almost $200 today off news that they were going to five for one split. Like nothing, no real fundamental difference in the company, right? More, there's more shares now for every one share you own you get five there's more shares that other than diluting your your shares what happened to tesla what changed tesla that makes it today go up 13 percent? absolutely nothing nothing changes about tesla you are looking to get into a cheaper price and you're going to have more shares that's the only reality it's by the the, the the stock after i mean i guess you could you might miss the initial rocket by not buying the stock after the split. But nothing fundamentally changed about Tesla. It doesn't justify a 13% move. And that's the problem with a lot of these stocks, especially the COVID stocks that jump, you know, five, 10% off bogusness. 
absolute boat. Sorrentino has the 30 minute tests, right? They are down almost $7 a share, $8 a share from between today and yesterday. It, they had no earnings base. I, this happened after their earnings. So thank you investors for realizing their earnings weren't great. But you know, another one where it's just hope. Oh, we got to hope that they can get the, these 30 minute tests are going to be, it's hope. The drugs company speculation, Moderna, another news we had that I haven't mentioned, signed a deal with the federal government for a million doses of their vaccine. But you know, the shock shot up on that, but that's material news, right? That is an order. That's, that's value to the company. That's revenue. A stock split isn't material news. It doesn't bring in any revenue. It doesn't bring in any profit. And it's ridiculous that these stocks are jumping on prices like this. The market is disconnected from the economy right now, and we need to get it reconnected. And the first step to that is Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve cutting the crap with the open market operations they're doing right now, because it may be helping a little bit now, but 10 years down the line, you and I will be paying for it. That's all I got today. Sorry for the ranty podcast, but it needed to get out. We have a disconnect in this market, and you'll start to realize it because I think tomorrow is going to be another good day in the market. So if you're trading and you're investing, good luck to you. As always, these statements are my opinion and should not be taken as investment advice. If you want to hear more of my commentary on investing in the Celtics, big Celtics fan, follow me on Twitter at the notorious pf3 or if you just want to check me out see what my life's about follow me on instagram parker underscore friedman three and until tomorrow everyone stay investing